Hi, welcome to History's Great Speeches. I'm Charles Featherston, voice artist, narrator and compiler of the series. Please like or subscribe and feel free to contact me via Bandcamp, Podbean, Facebook or Patreon to let me know speeches or time periods you'd like to see covered. You can find a full set of links at my website, charlesfeatherston.uk. Demosthenes, History's Greatest Orator, 354-330 BCE Volume 11 of History's Great Speeches Written by Demosthenes Narrated by Charles Featherston Introduction Demosthenes is generally acknowledged as the greatest orator in history. Born to a swordmaker and orphaned at seven, he overcame a stammer and the theft of his inheritance by his legal guardians to become as foundational to oratory as his contemporaries Plato and Aristotle are to philosophy. Much like a major contemporary political figure, he overcame a stammer on his journey to greatness with inarticulate and stammering pronunciation. He was known as a water drinker, a stern and serious presence at all times. His great battle was against the waning of Athenian democracy, which slowly disintegrated into oligarchy and treason over his lifetime. As a legislator, ambassador and leader, he fought against the inexorable rise of Philip of Macedon and later Philip's son Alexander. Fighting for the peace, democracy and equality that Athenian ancestors brought to all Greece, his tale ends in ruin as Athens finally falls after more than 30 years trying to hold the line. In many ways, Demosthenes resonates with the figure of Cicero, who was a fellow great statesman 300 years later in the Roman Republic during its collapse and turn into empire. Both were animated by the state's founding ideology and horrified by the lassitude and corruption that had become endemic in their time. The first speech is from when he was 30 and recognising the immediate need for preparation. The navy has become a toy and a sinecure for the wealthy, and Athens must professionalise before it is too late. This sets the theme for the next few speeches, each of a different theme of Athenian ideals, helping a fellow Hellenic state caught between Sparta and Arcadia, preparing Athens for war, and railing against oligarchy and corruption of the Senate and public sphere. The next few speeches cover the need for war against Philip and the need for haste in sending military aid to states besieged by Philip. There follows a brief interregnum of a false peace used to further corrupt the body politic, the central theme of On the Peace and the Second and Third Philippics. After a prestigious career of public service, the tide turned against him and in his greatness he lived long enough to see himself become the villain. An accusation of bribery leads to his most famous speech, On the Crown, delivered at 54. This defence of his career as the tides turned against him has been described as the greatest speech of the greatest orator in the world. In his funeral oration 40 years before, Pericles defined the height of the golden age of Athens. In the final speech, given by Dinarchus at Demosthenes' trial for bribery, we see the final downfall of the once great city-state. 
the man who strove to keep the city honourable and faithful to its past democracy was brought down by scurrilous accusations of corruption, and his actions in defence of the country described as an offence against the will of the people, a catchphrase second only to nationalism for the truly corrupted. After his conviction, he escaped from prison and went on the run. He was exiled, brought back, then sentenced to death. Eventually, fleeing the city again, this time to the island of Galiorea, modern-day Poros. Discovered by Archias, he asked for time to write a letter to his family and took poison from a reed. His final words were, Now, as soon as you please, you may commence the part of Creon in the tragedy and cast out this body of mine unburied. But, O gracious Neptune, I, for my part, while I am yet alive, arise up and depart out of this sacred place. Though Antipater and the Macedonians have not left so much as the temple unpolluted. Eventually the pendulum swung again and the Athenians erected a statue of him and provided meals for his descendants in the Pertaneum. By the rise of the Roman Republic, he was once again a legendary and paradigmatic statesman and orator. In historical terms, many of the patterns, descriptions and arguments presented here will seem eerily familiar, like listening to songs in the key of life for the first time. Every part of it has been reused a thousand times by people ever since its creation, so you are intimately familiar with the style, even if you have never come across it before. As history's second greatest orator, Cicero was taught Demosthenes' speeches as part of his own training and often mimicked their pattern and tone. Other Romans who adored him included Longinus, Caecilius and Juvenal, who described him as Logus extundas ingenifons, or a large and overflowing fountain of genius. Plutarch even wrote a book about him. In the Middle Ages, his name was invoked to describe especially eloquent speakers. Among his praise singers in recent centuries have been Henry Clay, who mimicked Demosthenes' style. Through Clay, Demosthenes inspired the authors of the Federalist Papers. Georges Clemenceau wrote a book about him, and Frederick Nietzsche also copied his style. Demosthenes is deeply and truly embedded in the DNA of Western discourse and politics, his style, tactics and influence intimately familiar to people living 2400 years later.